Last week, we spoke with James Keel, the director of GreenLink, about the overarching vision he has for the public transit system in Greenville. This episode, we're chatting with Kaylee Cleek, the transit planning manager for GreenLink, to learn how the agency's working to turn the transit development plan into reality. Kaylee, thank you so much for being here with us today, and I'm sure our listeners are going to learn a ton from our conversation. Last week, we spoke with James Keel, the director of GreenLink and your boss, about the overarching vision he has for the public transit system in Greenville. This episode, we're chatting with you to learn how the agency's working to turn the transit development plan into reality. So we'll start off with a certain question. Over the next 12 months, why don't you give us an overview of what is on your immediate to-do list for improving transit? So we will continue to do some route improvements, efficiency improvements, stop improvements over the next 12 months. That new maintenance and operations facility, once that's online, it means that we can order more of the amenities that we need to continue working on the project of updating all of our bus stops or the majority of our bus stops to ADA compliance with some sort of seating or shelter. Yeah, I'm excited about that. How many bus stops are you working on with that grant? I've identified up to 336, but it truly depends on how expensive it's going to be to actually install them. And prices have been increasing over the last several years. So I'm. it'll just depend on what construction is. Yeah, once it gets time to do it. It is exciting, though, because that was a huge grant. It was $6 million? A little under, yeah. So, yeah, that's going to be huge. I know people are excited about it, too. When I talk to riders, they're all just like, oh, yeah. Did you see that new one the, a lady got on the other day? It was one of the new ones that had the new kind of canopy, but it was open. And she got on and we were talking and, and I was pointed out to her that that was what she had done. She's like, oh, I know. Did you see this place before then? I mean, and she was like, I'd be sitting in the sun. I'd be sitting in the rain. I'd be, you know, she was, it was awful. She said, you know, but I had to do it because this is what I got to do. So, but she said, now they've put this out and you just feel, she laced, she sat back in the, in the, like on her seat. She's like, and you just feel like you're just ready to sit. And she's like, <laughs> it was really cute. I was just like, I'm so glad. Yeah, I just did an update for all the operators to explain to them like where we've been and where we're going because we've got people who have been here since the beginning of GreenLink. When I did that presentation, there was somebody that only been here for seven days. And so it's fun to talk through that with them and have kind of the more senior operators say, yeah, like we're doing a lot and we have a lot of great plans. So everybody's happy. Yeah, I bet they do feel good about that. There's a certain when I talk to the drivers or see them talk to riders, they're very proud of the work that they do and the impact that they have. And that's really neat to see that, too. They definitely advocate for the riders, too, which is nice. When more people are riding transit, how does that impact the broader community or traffic or pollution, things like that? Sure. So as more and more people ride public transit, that means that there are less cars on the road, which means that anybody who is driving somewhere, such as work, can get their feasibly faster because you're not competing with other cars on the road. It's also decreasing overall pollution because instead of having, let's say, 60 cars on the road, you've got one vehicle on the road and we are transitioning to an alternatively fueled system. That means that our impact is greatly decreasing as well. Yeah. So like the carbon footprint of the whole trip goes down because you're riding with somebody else and that vehicle is fueled by alternative sources. And I think there will be really good social impacts because you're around more people. So it's another opportunity to build relationships with your community. Mm -hmm. Oh, I think that's true, too. You get to see the same people every day. I mean, even now when you ride, you can tell that the riders that see each other all the time, they get to and the driver knows them. I mean, they're all in conversation about how everything's going or how was work or things like that. It's neat. 
Okay. So if you had more buses, what impact would that have? Like, say you got a huge FTA grant to go for capital improvements and you were going to go out and say double the fleet. What does that mean? What's the impact on what GreenLink can do? Well, first, it means we can increase frequency, which means that you as an individual rider no longer have to wait an hour for the next bus. You could wait maybe 30, 45 minutes, depending on the route. If we got even more buses and even more operating money and more drivers, then we could actually expand our routes as well. So first is increasing frequency, which helps out individual riders. And then second is just expanding our system to serve more people. And when you do the route expansion, so walk us through just a little bit about what goes into planning a route. So how do you start that process and, and what does it look like? It's ongoing and it's been in the sense of ongoing for several years. So it's all based off of what we hear from the community, which is how the TDP even came about. For any new requests for new routes, I document those as well. And then as I get just more and more requests for something, I'll take a look at just demographic data, um, what's actually out in that area, can we feasibly get a bus in that area, and I'll create a planned route, and then we'll take that back out to the public at a future date when we update the TDP, and then just go from there. Okay, so then people give feedback kind of along the way when all you're the doing time. all the time when you're doing the planning, and we want that feedback. Why do you want that feedback? Like, what is it? Why is that important to the planning process to hear from the writers? Well, because I'm one person, and so hearing from the people who actually need or want to use public transit is very helpful for planning. Okay, so how should the listeners get involved or writers get involved if they had feedback to give you about a route or about a bus stop? There are several different avenues. So. First off, you can call or email me. We also have a form online that you can fill out and indicate whether or not you want me to contact you afterwards so we can discuss what your request is so I fully understand it. You can also talk to your drivers. They actually have forms that they fill out if they hear from the bus riders, and they definitely do fill out those forms. And then they can also talk to anybody in the booth. They can call um, the booth, and then they can also attend any of our board meetings and give that feedback there. Sounds like there are lots of ways for people to plug in and get and give that information to you. Is there anything that our listeners would need to think about when you, I mean, other than giving feedback, are there other ways that they could get involved to help GreenLink, you know, grow and plan and expand in the ways that they need to? Can you think of anything that would be helpful for them to do? We do have a Citizens Transit Academy that we host every year. Nicole's actually over it, and normally the application process starts in October, and then the class starts in January of the next year. And that gives you a really good overview of where we've been, where we're going, how we're financed, how we do planning, how we install bus stops, all of those great details of how GreenLink works. And at the end, you have the tools you need to figure out how to advocate for yourself and for others. And so that's one place that I would, I normally do direct people there. And that is, as a CTA graduate, I have to say that was an excellent program. I left that just knowing so much. In the academy, one class is dedicated to help better understanding transit planning. And uh, we're given a mock scenario in a mock town with budget constraints and told to build a potential system of getting people around that little made-up town. It was really difficult to figure it out, how to get from, you know, this imaginary school on the map by the library and the hospital. Do you add benches? Do you add shelters? Yeah, yeah. budgeting, all that sort of stuff. It's a really helpful exercise because it very quickly, I think that it's funny how people are can be quick to 
criticize, but also just to kind of be like, why is it like this? Like if, you know, we should do it this way. This is so much easier. They should just change this. Not knowing all the different, you know, impacts of one choice over another and, and the limited resources, right? So you guys have to navigate through all of that as you do it and try to make the best decision. So I guess that's, and that's where the input from writers really matters. Helps you figure out where to put those resources and where, where that is. Okay. So we've talked a little bit about the planning. Let's talk about the bus fleet. What does that look like? So we have 20 diesel buses. We have four Proterra battery electric buses. And we have five Proterras on order. And we have eight CNG vehicles that will be on order as well. They are also buses. And the fleet will really be able to expand once the new maintenance facility opens up. Right now, GreenLink's limited by the current location where they store and do the maintenance on the buses. The current facility could only hold about 35 buses, depending on their length and how they're parked. And so they're opening up the new maintenance facility where around 84 buses can then be housed. In addition to the transit facility, they've spent the last few years working with the community to create additional community rooms, the green space and trails that the public will be able to enjoy out of the maintenance facility. So it's something that will be helping the community in a lot of different ways. Can you tell us anything more about the upcoming move to the maintenance facility? We're hoping by June of 2024, we'll be moving into our new operations and maintenance facility. And how will that impact planning or the day-to-day running of Greenland? Well, we'll all be in one location, so that's going to help just communication in general. All of my bus stop infrastructure will be on the same site as my office and facilities maintenance office. So if repairs have to happen, they're not jumping from the terminal to the actual bus stop location to maintenance. We'll all be in one location. And we'll even have a bus stop over there, too. So... It'll help with community engagement because people will be able to use the bus to get directly to our board meetings, which happen every Thursday, fourth Thursday of every month. That's another way for people to be involved. So the main facility is one of the crucial next steps for GreenLink to begin growing the vision that James spoke about last week. Since the facility is larger, it can hold more buses. More buses means more frequent service as we have more buses covering the routes. More buses also means more routes. So the entire county is able to be connected in ways it wasn't able to be connected before. More routes means we don't need all the buses coming into downtown for transfers. Instead, we can have routes that connect to create a spider web network out in the county, making transfers easier and wait times shorter. It means a rider could live in Malden and connect to Taylor's without ever needing to go downtown, saving them hours and opening them up to new job opportunities. More buses also means GreenLink needs more drivers to staff those buses which requires more funding. (laughs) Luckily, all that additional funding goes right back to work for the community. It helps people get groceries, go to work, and live their life. It also helps people who drive cars, as more people on the bus means less traffic to sit in. We all experience a direct impact from it in a positive way. For our final episode this season, we're going to really dive into the why. Why does it matter? Why it makes a difference? And how you can help make that happen. Have you been listening for a while and you want to help make transit better? So do we. Join our coalition and find out about the ways you can help build better transit. Visit our website and sign up for our monthly newsletter. To get started, go to greenvilleconnects.org. Let's get more buses going more places more often. Bussin' the Greenville Transit Podcast is produced by Podcast Studio X.